When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Training camps are in full swing across the NFL. We're telling you everything you need to know. Welcome to NFL Live, where we will hear from Aaron Rodgers, who spoke today at Packers camp, plus the reason someone on our show thinks the Green Bay defense is actually the best in the league. We'll also check in on Eagles camp and find out why one of our analysts has the Eagles winning the NFC East. Yeah, no Cowboys. He's all in on Philly, and he'll explain. Also, the two different reasons we think it doesn't matter who's calling plays for the Patriots. That and so much more is coming your way on NFL Live. We'll get our analysts in here in just a minute, but there's a lot going on with camps all around the league. So we got Adam Schefter here with the latest. Adam, start us off with Jimmy G. What do we need to know? Laura Kyle Shanahan admitted yesterday that the 49ers have moved on to Trey Lance, which means at some point in time, they're going to be moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. They're still hoping that a trade market does develop at a certain point in time. Maybe a team suffers an injury, and if and when a team does, Jimmy Garoppolo would be the top quarterback on the market. And while practices begin, Debo Samuel is not expected to be out there. He's at the 49ers complex. He just won't be practicing as he hopes to get a new deal in both sides hope to get it worked out. Shouldn't be a hard deal to figure out, but in the interim, Debo Samuel will not practice with the team and not take those reps with Trey Lance. And in Tampa, the Buccaneers have added yet another wide receiver. Julio Jones signs a one-year deal after passing his physical today with Tampa. In Tampa, he could conceivably be the fourth option on offense behind Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Russell Gage with Julio Jones drawing a favorable matchup and catching Tom Brady's eyes. And Chris Godwin is still a receiver. The Buccaneers still are hoping we'll be ready for the start of the regular season, Laura. Yeah, Tom Brady loves it. He's got weapons for days. And also, Adam, Julio Jones spoke to the media today. Here's what he said just a little while ago. It's a great opportunity for me uh, to be a part of something special um, in the Buccaneer family. Um, just looking forward to getting to work. Tom, Tom is a humble guy, great energy, and you know what you're getting out of him. When I talk to him, it's kind of like I'm talking to myself. Just with the leadership, what we expect, we're on the same page, and how we hold ourselves accountable to a high, higher standard than probably most do. But all in all, we talked a little bit, and I'm going to leave it at that. A little bit. Okay, I like it. Ryan Clark with Adam for the rest of the show as well. And I just want to start with you, RC. Your thoughts on Julio's fit with the Bucks offense. Listen, Julio is not going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be the guy. And whenever you can say Julio Jones isn't going to be the guy, that's probably a good thing. They obviously have Mike Evans and Russell Gage who will be there to start the season if they stay healthy, hoping that Chris Godwin comes along. But having a guy like Julio Jones get a matchup against a third or a fourth corner or a safety when healthy is something that you would love to have. And the one thing that we've learned about Tom Brady throughout his career, but especially in Tampa Bay when you also factor in guys like Cameron Brait, when he had the Rob Gronkowski's, the Antonio Browns, he's going to throw to the favorable matchup and to which of his guys 
win, wins their matchup. And Julio Jones will have an opportunity to do that. He is Lanyap. See, Laura, you're <laughs> not from Louisiana. Neither are you, Adam. Y'all don't know what Lanyap means. Yeah, Lanyap means a little extra. It means it means if I was going to get 100 and you gave me 120, <laughs> that's not a tip. That's Lanyap. That's a little extra for me to play around with. So whatever they get from Julio Jones is extra. Yeah. If he can really contribute and become a big part of this offense, it will be golden for Tampa Bay. But they're expecting a little from him when he's available. And if he gives them that, this is a pickup that they will enjoy. And RC, today the new head coach, Todd Bowles, was talking about the fact that they needed another receiver to help replace the catches that they were losing with the departure of Rob Gronkowski. And think about this. There aren't many teams mm -hmm. in the league that are paying three receivers over $10 million a year, and Julio Jones isn't one of them. They're paying a lot of money to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, <laughs> Russell Gage, but not right. Julio Jones. And so this is a situation where there are a lot of targets for Tom Brady, different targets than he's used to with Kyle Rudolph also coming in there last week on a one-year deal. But the Buccaneers feel like they've got a lot of firepower in the event that they suffer some losses like they did late last year and have players and replacements to now step in. You know, RC, I think Lanyap applies to NFL Live. Like, we're always going to give you a little extra, a little 110% from this group. So, <laughs> I'm going to rename it NFL yeah. Lanyap. Okay, elsewhere in the Lanyap. NFC, we like check in it. on Packers training camp. Aaron Rodgers, look at the tent. Is that where Aaron Rodgers is showing up to camp in? Uh, he's also known as Nicolas Cage, the impersonator there, making a splash, arriving at camp this week, looking like he was straight out of Con Air. And now it's time to get to work. Rodgers and head coach Matt LaFleur spoke to the media today. It's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. <laughs> uh, you know, from Devontae to, to Allen, it's going to be, uh, you know, a transition. The offseason's about uh, extension, you know, and, and being able to have you know, range and strength uh, in those extended positions. I feel like it takes a week for me to get my arm in shape. That's kind of been the way it's gone over the years. No, he looks he looks good. He looked good in the run test. And I think that's something that we always kind of monitor with all the quarterbacks, uh, just in terms of the number of throws that they get. And uh, certainly we did last year, and, and we'll follow a similar protocol as how we, how we have in the past. Here's a little shot. Aaron Rodgers took it to Devontae Adams there off the top. Little Hall of Famer comment. <laughs> anyway, last season the Packers became the first team in NFL history to win at least 13 games in three straight seasons. But Green Bay's season ended with playoff disappointment again as they were stunned at home by the 49ers in the divisional round. The Packers have won 39 games over the last three seasons, the most in a three-year span without a Super Bowl appearance in NFL history. That's not a good stat. So just like last season, it's Super Bowl or bust for the Packers this year. RC, does this team have the pieces around them to be a top contender when you think about what you've got on offense, but just holistically as a team? You know what? The conventional wisdom would say, Laura, that I would look at it and he's having to go from Hall of Famer to non-Hall of Famer, <laughs> from Devontae Adams to Alan Lazard. But that's not really what it is. It's not that the offense is just going to take that hit and they're not going to pick it up in other places. Let's think about the teams that have won games and have won championships when they start with the run and you build with defense. And now you add one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game in critical football moments, in situational football moments. This is going to be led by A.J. Dillon. This is going to be led 
by Aaron Jones. And it doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers won't be a part of it, but this is going to be a team that runs the ball and then gets it to the play action. And now let's talk what they can do to keep games close, to keep games low scoring. This defense is absolutely stacked. I believe if you take their secondary, they're one of the best in the league, and especially probably top three. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Razul Douglas, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, and now you take the two draft picks from Georgia that you get in the first round because they refuse to reach for a wide receiver. Why did they refuse to reach, Laura? Because they got Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, mm. despite what some believes, was actually a good football player before he got Devontae Adams. I believe he won MVPs before that as well. <laughs> Did. He will find ways to get the <laughs> passing game going. But now LaFleur, Mike Matt LaFleur, who has learned under the Kyle Shanahan's, who understands that running the ball is important, playing great defense is important, and he's going to be doing that with a quarterback that can throw a football through a pinhole. This is going to be a team that I think is more set up or set up better to advance than some of these 13-win teams we've seen the last two or three seasons. Well, you know, the interesting thing, RC, as you put it that way, is we all thought that the Packers should go out and get a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, but yet yeah. Aaron Rodgers oftentimes the reason why they haven't had to. I, I like the point you're making there. If there is cause for concern, though, Adam, it has to do with David Bakhtiari. What is the latest with his situation? Yes. This is an issue, Laura, and I think it's a significant issue for this team Going forward, you're talking about their trusted left tackle, who, yes, missed most of last season with a knee injury, suffered another knee injury, a setback during the offseason that required his third surgery on that knee. And so he's not ready for training camp. And they say, they say that they're cautiously optimistic that he'll be ready for the opener, but they were unable to count on him last year. He only played a few plays against the Detroit Lions late in the year, which probably was not the best decision. And now they're waiting for their great left tackle to come back, and they don't know when he's going to be back. And if they don't get Bakhtiari back, that's going to cause some changes in the offensive line, some shuffling, and that is a problem for that offensive line, as much talent as this team has everywhere else. I don't know that David Bakhtiari is going to the Hall of Fame, maybe, but they're going to have a downgrade there at that spot. Yeah, just one game played since the ACL tear in practice, December 31st of 2020, puts into context how long they've been without him. But the depth, certainly a concern. It always helps when you have Aaron Rodgers. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back here on NFL Live, nothing like some wow factor camp catches to get you excited for football. And already we've seen a few. So let's start with this one. Detroit Lions, Quintez Cephas. Remember, he's coming off a collarbone injury, but he sure looks healthy right there. Wow. The one-handed grab. And then he keeps going a little yak after that. Why not when it comes to camp? Get it. All right, so uh, we'll see if he ends up winning a spot there. How about Kadarius Toney for the Giants? Anytime I see him, I have to say go Gators, and I'll definitely say go Gators for that one. He almost, like, tipped it to himself there, ends up coming down with it. Brian Clark's rolling his eyes, and 
Never happened at Death Valley. Hey, listen. Never happened at Death Valley. Listen, Lord. you may be right. The DB saying I can't touch them, Kyle. You know, I told you guys to cut their mics during this, so I don't know what's going on. How about this clip from KC Sports Network? Juju Smith-Schuster laying out for the catch off of a Patrick Mahomes throw. You wonder what that offense looks like without Tyreek Hill. Well, we don't do nice that at indicator. practice. <laughs> I know. Calm down, Stay man. Stay up. <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> Let's go to Dolphins camp, you guys. Tua Tungavailoa is stretching it out in our studio, actually. Uh, when it comes to camp intrigue, Dolphins near the top of my list. How do all their new offensive pieces gel? You see Tyreek Hill right there. And what does Tua actually look like with them in more structured practice environments? Here's more from Mike McDaniel and Tua. As a coach, you really appreciate when people believe in each other. And Tyreek is brash. If Tyreek is saying it, it's because he believes it. That's an aggressive statement, but Tyreek believes in his quarterback. Tua is super hard on himself, which is a good thing. I don't want that to impede the next play. Being hard on myself has always been a trait, and I think for any competitor, that's, that's the way we've grown to become as professional athletes. I know my capabilities, and so when I'm not playing up to it or living up to it, then uh, it gets frustrating. Maybe an undertold story about Tua Tungabailoa is how hard and critical he is on himself. Ryan, how do you think this new head coach QB relationship will actually benefit the quarterback, though? I think it's going to be a great relationship. When you listen to Mike McDaniel's talk, he isn't the, the rah-rah, jump-down-your-throat guy. It seems like he's more about conversations. And those are the type of coaches you need when you are a guy that's already very critical of themselves. And also, he wasn't brought in to turn Tua Tungavaloa into Patrick Mahomes. He was brought in to build an offense around him where he didn't have to be Patrick Mahomes, where they would protect him up front with two new offensive linemen, where he could use Mike Gusecki in the play action and get the ball to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill in short passing situations and let them turn those into big play and then work himself into the play action, to, to, into the boots, into the half rows, and hit the deep crossers where guys are running wide open. This isn't about Tua Tungvaloa becoming Dan Marino. This is about Tua Tungvaloa making the right plays and being protected by scheme and the skill placed around him. I think Mike McDaniels is going to be good for him, not because he's going to make him this ultra-confident, the most arm-talented guy in the world that Tyreek Hill goes on first take with mirror <laughs> sunglasses and talks about, because he's going to let him be himself, the guy he was drafted to be, the guy he knows he can be, and the guy that doesn't have to win every game with his left arm. RC, don't lie. You're going to get some of those sunglasses, though. They look really good on you. Uh, all right. Absolutely not. My eyelashes hit the sunglasses no, when true. I blink. You do have long lashes. Hey, let's welcome Robert Griffin III to the show. Glad to have you, Robert. I want to go back to this coaching tree that you know so well. How does that factor into how you look at this Miami offense? Yeah, well, I mean, this coaching tree, talk about Mike McDaniels, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. I play for these guys, so I know exactly how maniacal they are about making sure that it's a ball control offense to limit the opportunities for the opposing offense. But when I look at Mike McDaniel, the single greatest thing that he did was he came in and he didn't make it about himself. Like, he's the genius and he's going to get it done. He equipped Tua Tungavailoa with the best supporting class he's had since he was roll-tiding in Alabama. 
He, Tua wasn't able to throw the deep ball last year because he was behind the 32nd ranked pass block win rate unit. So what they do, they brought in Teron Armstead and they brought in Connor Williams. They gave him one of the best receivers in the entire league and the fastest man on grass in Tyreek Hill uh, with Cedric Wilson and Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds and Sony Michelle in the backfield. And oh yeah, they got Mike Gasicki and Jalen Waddle there as well. So for me, I look at Tua and I say this is a great opportunity for him because Mike McDaniel didn't make the Cardinals sin. It's not about X's and O's. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. And he made big-time players move to Miami. And Tua getting upset this offseason about the criticism is something that I love because now he's going to be on a mission to show everybody the last thing you want to see is a pissed-off Samoan. Look, there, there, Robert, there's not a team in the league that added more offensive talent. <laughs> RC, go ahead. No. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll laugh and Adam, you finish. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you finish laughing. I don't want to interrupt a good laugh here. How about the laugh? And you let me just, know when you're done. It was just, you know, the reality that, that you just kind of dropped that in there toward the end. Robert, none of us saw it coming. Like, I didn't see it. RC, you see that coming? <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. I didn't, but I'm really weak. I'm really weak. <laughs> well, we finished that. So I'm sorry. Adam, go, go ahead, ahead. y'all. Well, as I was saying, as I was saying, I don't think there's a team in the league that has brought in more offensive talent than the Dolphins this year. And as Robert laid out, it was along the offensive line, wide receiver, running back. They have surrounded Tua with so much offensive firepower. So now it's on him. And if he's as good as they if he's as good as they thought he was, he was coming out in the draft. This team should have a strong season and should rebound nicely. But it's in a tough division playing Buffalo and New England. But there is an awful lot of talent on that offensive side of the football now surrounding the questions that they had at the quarterback position. Hey, guys, how about this? The last time the Dolphins won a playoff game was in 2000. That's the second longest active drought in the NFL. You would imagine that, right? <laughs> Tua was two years old when they last won a playoff game. So there you Man. go. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Training camps beginning across the NFL this week, which means we're much closer to real football, folks. That's great. Let's check in on the ever-intriguing NFC East, where the Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, and Giants head into camp. That's where we bring in our ESPN reporters, Ed Werder, who is with the Cowboys, and Sal Palantonio with the Eagles. Ed, we begin with you. What did you learn today at Cowboys training camp? 
Yeah, Laura, contractually, this season appears to be the Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. What last year was for Amari Cooper, a final opportunity to justify an enormous salary. Cooper failed and was traded to the Browns in the offseason. At $18.2 million, Elliott has the highest salary cap number of any running back in the NFL, and his statistical influence on the Cowboys has diminished under Mike McCarthy. There is, though, clearly a respect for how hard Elliott plays the game and his willingness to perform while injured that didn't seem to exist with Cooper. In fact, owner Jerry Jones mentioned yesterday that when you're one of the highest paid players on the team, there's a responsibility to be available for games that comes with that. Elliott played every game in 2021 despite suffering a partially torn posterior cruciate ligament in his knee in week four that he aggravated multiple times. The problem for Elliott is this. He has no guaranteed money remaining on his contract after this season, and he now shares his position with Tony Pollard, who becomes an unrestricted free agent after the year. Defensive coordinators the Cowboys have played against have told me that Elliott's no longer the player he was when he won two NFL rushing titles. One even told me, while it seems sacrilegious to say, they feared Pollard more than Elliott. But Elliott carries an importance to this locker room that's difficult to measure and harder to replace. Really interesting info, Ed. Uh, defensive coordinators preferring Pollard over Zeke. We've talked about it here. It seems really true. Okay, more from Ed throughout the week at Cowboys camp. Let's go to Sal now. How important is this year two to second-year starter Jalen Hurts? Hey there, Laura. It is a prove-it year for Jalen Hurts, but he's the great unknown. You got great expectations. You add great unknown, and what you get is edge-of-the-seat anticipation, or what I like to call the year of living dangerously here in South Philadelphia. They just don't know what they're going to get from this passing game to supplant the Cowboys to win the NFC East. They must get better in the passing game, get up to about 500 points this year, which is what the Cowboys did last year. That's the most important thing. And today on the practice field, first day of training camp, it was evident they were working on situational football, third down passing game, red zone passing game. And afterwards, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts talked about how it's all coming together. Listen to this. I know Smitty's up here every morning. He'll join us, um, AJ and I. That's um, just standard, you know what I mean? And, uh, we, 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 we just put the work in, the work, the work come first. Um, the work come first every day. We take it day by day, try and get prepared for the day so we can attack every day. Um, so just growing with time, um, getting, it, getting, getting everything together um, so we can all be on the same page. You know, we put so much work in in the offseason with AJ, Dallas, uh, Smitty, everybody. Um, everybody putting a thousand reps in. After Jalen Hurts met with the reporters, I talked to Jalen Hurts one-on-one -on, -one on the side, and I said, you know, everybody's talking about how good you look in terms of the way you've re-sculpted re your body. His core is solid, much thinner, upper arms, shoulders, much more muscular, much more muscular in the legs. And he said, listen, I didn't really do anything different, nothing different in my workout. I was eating better. He said, I got to. It's showtime, baby. Showtime. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, I, I feel like, Sal, everybody these days eating differently, eating better. It's like Marcus Spears on this show. Everyone's getting all chiseled. We all got to <laughs> keep up. You too, Sal, but you already look great. 
Thanks so much to Sal Powell for the latest for the Eagles. It hurts in the Eagles surprised many people by making the playoffs last season. But in order to take the next step, as Sal referenced, they're going to need to improve in the passing game. Last season, Hurts ranked 26 among 31 qualified quarterbacks in completion percentage, and he struggled particularly on passes that were thrown into tight windows. Hurts could get the benefit from getting the ball out faster, right? Last season, he averaged the longest time to throw by any quarterback. He does have a good old line. So, Robert... How, do, how good does Hurts need to be for the Eagles to win the NFC East? Laura, I think with the way the Eagles are built, all they need is good quarterback play from Jalen Hurts. This time last year, they didn't have any proven answers at wide receiver. And now they've got a true number one in A.J. Brown. They've got a budding star in Devontae Smith and actually a solid three and four with Quez Watkins and also Zach Pascal. This team is built to win in the trenches. Their offensive line is great. They have depth there. Their defensive line is so deep that last year's college football incredible hawk Jordan Davis, he's a backup. <laughs> this defensive line is eight deep, just like they were in 2018 when they won the Super Bowl. And I think all Jalen Hurts has to do is be himself. I think Nick Sirianni realizes he's an underrated leader. This guy works his tail off. He's going to show improvement. I'm talking at least 25 touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions this year. Jalen, go be yourself. Use your arm and use your legs, and you will put a hurting on defenses for years to come. And I think our main man, RC, can tell you about this defense even more than I just did. Hey, listen, Rob, the defense is stacked. When you add James Brad Bradbury to a secondary that already had Darius Slate, you've mentioned what they can do up front. And also understanding now that you're going to be playing with a great run game, so getting defensive stops gives your team another series, another opportunity to score. Here's the thing that's big for Jalen Hurts. Understand you don't have to win the game on every play. Understand you can't prove yourself on first down of the very first series. It's about making the winning plays in the decisive moments of the game and making the right decision. Should I run now? Should I pass now? Where should it go? And Laura, you kind of mentioned what happened when Jalen Hurts threw the football down the field mm. into tight windows. I'm going to tell you something that helps that. Get me a number one receiver that can win the football in 50-50 oh, yeah. opportunities. <laughs> we watched him do it for Ryan Tannehill. A.J. Brown's going to be huge for this team. Huge for Jalen Hurts. And I'm going to say it again. This roster is much better than the roster in Dallas. This team will be better than the team in Dallas. The Philadelphia Eagles mm. will win the NFC East. What? Write it down today. Hey, hey, really fast, Adam, oh. before you go. Uh, Robert, I just want to clarify. You agree you got the Eagles winning the NFC East? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yes, I have the Eagles winning the NFC East because okay. of the way they're structured, and I think that'll actually motivate the Cowboys to do better in the playoffs. Okay, love it. Adam, go ahead. <laughs> I don't even know why we have to play the division. We have two guys now <laughs> awarding the Eagles 
The NFC East, it's over. The race is over. Let's call it right now. In late July, Eagles win the division. But it also strikes me that the same conversation conversation that we had about Tua, we're going to have about his college teammate Jalen Hurts, two Mm. Alabama quarterbacks, two question marks, surrounded by offensive talent. The Dolphins bring in Tyree Kill. The Eagles bring in A.J. Brown. It's the same type of situation where both franchises need their quarterback to produce. But as R.C. and Robert pointed out, this is over in the NFC East. Give it to the Eagles. Yeah, there you go. The Eagles have already won it. It is interesting, <laughs> the parallel there, because Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa have been connected no matter what. Even when Hurts transferred from Alabama, these guys then remain connected now at the NFL level. I think their connection right now was due to those great yeah. expectations and seeing if they can live up to the hype. The Cleveland Browns are in camp today, still waiting a decision on Deshaun Watson's discipline from the NFL. The team waiting on Sue L. Robinson to communicate the league's decision on a possible suspension. Remember, Watson has settled with 20 of the 24 women who sued him, alleging inappropriate behavior in massage sessions. Kimberly Martin joins us now from Browns training camp. And Kimberly, what's the latest on the Browns plans at QB moving forward? Yeah, Laura, we're still awaiting a decision, but Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, said what we all expected. Jacoby Brissett, their backup quarterback, is the starter should should Deshaun Watson be suspended this season. As of right now, the Browns don't know what's going to happen with Watson, but they feel really good about their quarterback situation. Today was the first day of camp. Both of those quarterbacks split a lot of the reps today, and that's what Kevin Stefanski told us, that they got a lot of work done in the spring, and that will continue in training camp. We've got to get both of these guys ready and until they know Deshaun Watson is their number one quarterback but they have a very capable backup in Jacoby yeah thank you so much for the latest there we'll keep an eye on Brown's camp and Kimberly joining us throughout the week and into Saturday let's read and react to the latest news across the NFL beginning with Carolina where Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are battling for the starting QB job and in many ways the trajectory of their careers here's Matt Rule and his QBs for day one, Sam took all the one reps with the one group. Uh, Baker took all the two reps with the two group. Excuse me. Tomorrow we'll have Baker take all the reps with the first group. Sam take all the reps with the two group. And, and the thought process being we really wanted our guys to have the ability to work with the same receivers for the entire day. You know, especially, you know, obviously Baker's, you know, got the install last night and this morning. He's out here trying to execute it. Uh, so we want those guys to have some consistency at receiver for the first two days. And then we'll start to mix things up a little bit more. And then we had Matt and PJ split the threes. Ryan, how do you anticipate this competition playing out in Carolina? <laughs> it made me laugh that, that it's a competition. Um, I, I actually don't anticipate it playing out well at all. I mean, you're looking at both of these guys. They are playing for their careers, as you said, Laura, but the reason they are playing for their careers is because they haven't lived up to the expectation of being the number one overall pick and the third pick of the draft five years ago. So we're going to have to see one of these guys ascend and actually play well and take this job because you don't want to just give it to the lesser of two bads. Not bads. I heard that. How about another QB battle to Pittsburgh, where Mitch Trubisky and rookie first-rounder Kenny Pickett will try to fill Big Ben's shoes. Here's Mike Tomlin. We're not going to micromanage or overmanage this quarterback competition. Um, The depth chart will not rest on every throw. I know that you guys will want to ask me every day and every throw, um, but we're going to be a little bit more steady than that. I think it's important from a leadership perspective to, 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 to not overmanage it to not be uh, 
too impulsive. I think it's just being a great teammate every day, uh, having those conversations uh, in the meeting room, in the locker room, or wherever we're at at practice, uh, helping him if he has any questions, and just uh, share my experiences with him. Adam, what more can you add on the quarterback competition in Pitt? Well, you heard Mike Tomlin say he doesn't want to overmanage the situation. He doesn't want to have to answer a lot of questions about it, but he hasn't had to answer questions for as long as he's been in Pittsburgh about the quarterback. <laughs> so he's about to make up for it this year because no matter what he says, those questions are going to come every day. But the fact of the matter is Mitchell Trubisky is the guy that runs with the ones right now. He is the favorite to be the opening day starter, and it would be a surprise if he were not out there on opening day. All right, so there you go, Adam, answering the question we all wanted to know about. Saints have a lot to prove this year with their starting quarterback and wide receiver working their way back from injury. Here's Michael Thomas and quarterback Jameis Winston on their returns. I'm kind of lost for words. I didn't want to come up here and get emotional or anything, but it was a blessing to definitely be back out there with the guys, being able to put my hand in the pile and just be out there to perfect my craft and compete and encourage guys and get ready to help DA win some games. We were in similar situations, right? We wanted to be playing and, uh, and we couldn't play last year. So I, I think that parallel relationship helped us grow together. Uh, we were on the same page, right? And, and now, uh, now it's just time to go out there and, and ball together. Robert, what are your expectations for the Saints this season? Oh, I mean, the Saints are going to do great. They're going to be marching into the playoffs for my New Orleans people out there because that's where my whole family is at. They got Buku talent everywhere, and it comes down to those two guys. Is Jameis healthy enough? And can Michael Thomas return to be a true number one like he has been? Because they brought in Jarvis Landry. They drafted Chris Olave. They got Tyron Matthew on the defense to partner him with Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, and Demario Davis. The Saints have Buku talent and are ready to go. And I'm not trying to be a one-upper here, but you didn't even mention Alvin Kamara. There are weapons beyond weapons on this offense. And, of course, defense. They're really talented. Hey, guys, 199 days ago, the Chargers missed the playoffs with their Week 18 loss at the Raiders. Today, they hold their first practice of training camp, as you see them out there. Video courtesy of the Chargers there. Head coach Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert spoke about their new start. Here they are. You know, I saw a group that was playing together today as a team, and um, that was what we were after today is put together a good team performance in all three phases. And, um, you know, I think, you know, you can be, you can have the right energy when you know what you're doing, you know how to do it and why it's important. And so that's what we're after as a staff is making sure in all three phases that that takes place so you can get the fun and the energy of, of football. There's no pressure on us. You know, the only pressure that you make is, is what you make of on yourself. And, uh, you know, I think as a team, we've, we've got the pieces. We've got the, the athletes and competitors. Um, as long as we're doing our best and, and we're asking each other what we want to do ourselves, um, you know, I, I don't think there's much more that you can ask of. Uh, Justin Herbert, I'm putting pressure on you, okay? <laughs> There's a lot more pressure than I think he's alluding <laughs> to there. RC, we spoke about the NFC East yeah. and how close it could be, but what do the Chargers need to do to win mm. the AFC West, which is another really competitive division? I mean, it's extremely competitive. I think it's the best division in football, and it's going to be easy for the Chargers because they're the best team in the division. You have you know, coach of the year, 2022 coach of the year, Brandon Staley. You're going to have 2022 MVP, Justin Herbert. Ooh. And also 2022 defensive player of the year, Derwin James, defensively. I talked to Brandon Staley in the offseason, and I'm saying all this because I kind of fell in love with him because he <laughs> talked about defense for 45 minutes. Anybody that's cool with talking about defense mm. for 45 minutes while in public at Pro Day is my kind of guy. 
He -hmm. talked about the acquisitions they made defensively in order to make Derwin James a focal point, allow him to be free, to roam, to be more, to be more Ed Reed, to be more Troy Palomalu. And we've seen Justin Herbert ultimate talent since he got into this league. Now it's time for that leadership to take over this very talented offense. I think the Los Angeles Chargers have one of the most talented rosters in football, led by their quarterback, Justin Herbert, who to me ascends to the top tier of quarterback play this year, and this team marches into the playoffs. Well, guys, the offense for the Chargers, it hasn't been the problem over the past two years. Justin Herbert has had an historical start to his career. Most completions, I believe, most passing yards ever to start in the first two years of your career in the history of the league. He would gladly trade those stats for a playoff appearance and a postseason win. And I think that's what is going to happen this year for the Chargers because of what they did on defense. Last year, the Chargers ranked 30th in the league against the run. They were the 32nd ranked defense on getting off the field on third downs, and they were 29th in points allowed per game. What that means is every game was a shootout. So I think this year, by bringing in J.C. Jackson and partnering him with Duran James and Asante Samuel Jr. and the crew on that back end, and also bringing in Khalil Mack to rush with Joey Bosa, that is going to make this team have the ability to play better on defense. They also brought in Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson to help solidify the run. And I think what you're going to see is Herbert's numbers are going to come down, but their wins are going to increase because their defense is playing at a much higher level. And that means every game's not going to be a shootout, and that's exactly what they want. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And they're on the brink of the playoffs last year. So close. Justin Herbert is good as any young quarterback in football. This is the year to take the next step. One step closer to that big contract that's also coming his way. But in this division, would you be surprised if anybody won it or anybody finished in last place? That's how good the teams in this division are. Anybody can go to the Super Bowl and any of them can finish as a last place team in the West. Yeah, they all started looking around in that AFC West and said, wow, this team added all these guys. We better keep up. And it really is going to make for some good football. ESPN Fantasy Football is the number one fantasy game with the season right around the corner. Get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. Adam Schefter here with the latest on some players you might want to add to your fantasy squad. Adam, let's start with Joe Burrow. Laura, he had his appendectomy. He has been released from the hospital today. And with an appendectomy, usually it's going to take you a couple of weeks. There's really no reason to rush him back and get him on the field any sooner than that. So he will miss some time this summer during practice with that appendectomy. But the Bengals don't seem worried. They know they'll have their quarterback when it matters. And Michael Thomas, the Saints wide receiver, was back on the practice field today after having ankle surgeries. Nice to see him out there catching passes, coming off the physically unable to perform list. They'll need him to perform this season. And him with Jarvis Landry gives the Saints some real firepower on the offensive side. Michael Thomas obviously looking to regain that form. And Minka Fitzpatrick 
suffered a wrist injury recently when he fell off his bicycle. Doesn't look like he's going to miss much time. Not practicing right now. Mike Tomlin did not sound overly concerned, and the Steelers believe they'll have him back in short order here. But he signed that rich contract this offseason to become one of the highest paid safeties in all football. And now he'll obviously take a little bit of extra time to recover from that wrist injury, but it won't sideline him too long, Laura. Yeah, I hope he's okay. I, I always think it's funny when these guys are riding bikes. I, I don't know why, but anyway, best of luck to you, Minka. All right, the Patriots are in camp today, and stop me if you've heard this before. They don't have an offensive coordinator or play caller name. I'm imagining all of you at home, like, stopping me. Anyway, we'll get to that. But first, let's hear from the head coach himself, Bill Belichick, on all this, and the guy who'd have to receive the play calls, Mac Jones. Well, it's, it's not about a one-person transition. It's about putting together, you know, we had four staff members went to Las Vegas. We had new staff members and uh, new players, quarterback going into his second year. So there's a lot of things going on. It's just all got to come together on all the ends. It's not, it's not one person. Coach Belichick's done a great job kind of explaining exactly what we want to do as an offense. And Matty P's seen so many different defenses along with uh, Coach Belichick. So it's like they combine their knowledge of how to attack the defense. And that's something that's really stood out to me. Um, and they're great guys who, you know, and Coach Judge, they all bring this different energy to the room when they're presenting. So um, they all are trying to get us to work together. And that's the good, most important part is we're all on the same page, regardless of who's talking who's making a decision on a play or whatnot. And it's always an open conversation, which I love. Adam, Mac Jones did mention Matt Patricia first. I don't want to read too much into yeah. that. But what is the latest on the play calling situation <laughs> in New England? Well, Matt Patricia was spotted on the walkie-talkies at practice today at oh. practice. So obviously he's going to be involved some. But I think Joe Judge is going to be involved. And I also think Bill Belichick also will be involved. I don't think you lose Josh McDaniels and think that one guy is just going to step in and replace him. I think they're going to lean on all these men to contribute their part to make sure that Mac Jones continues his growth and shows that dramatic improvement that Bill Belichick referred to yesterday. They have high hopes for him, no matter who's calling the place. Guys, I, I have zero problem with the Patriots not naming an OC because everyone in the building knows who's calling the plays. Mac Jones knows who's calling the plays and who's going to be in his ear. Now, they, you guys just said something that threw me off. Patricia was on the walkie-talkies today, possibly calling the plays into Mac Jones. And if you had to ask me, do I want Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, would they be my first or hundredth pick? For a guy to really work on the development of my second-year quarterback, that's a big no guacamole for me, right? A guacanole at all. Oh, I don't man. want that to happen. But I do think them having an offensive coordinator or not having an offensive coordinator will help them have an advantage for two to three weeks because people won't know their tendencies and they don't know what they want to do on third down or in the red zone, and that will help them for the first couple weeks of the year, and that's what Bill Belichick's really trying to do. Listen, I know I got like 20 seconds. I'm just going to say it. I don't care who they name. If the person they're going to name is one of the three people that was just named, that ain't good. If Matt Patricia is going to be the guy that you want leading your offense, I don't want him. If Joe Judge is going to do it, I don't want him either. I don't want the dude that was over the offense and the defense in Detroit. I don't want the dude that was over the offense and defense in New York. I don't want it. Not good. Not no way. I like guacamole, so I'm still going to eat guacamole no matter who they name. But what about guacamole? Because that's never heard of guacamole. Guacamole was a good one. Hey, I feel like hey, it got guys, lost also, there. Also, also, Bill, Bill, 
Bill has actually com uh, you know, complimented Matt Jones more than he's ever complimented Tom Brady. Hey, good in a point. year and a half, he's complimented, complimented <laughs> him more than 20 years of Tom Brady in New England. That's wild to me. That's because Bill Belichick doesn't compliment people who go out and earn them already. Oh, yep, there you go. Hey, we got time for one more thing before we go. Uh, thinking, Speaking of earning things, how about Dan Campbell? This guy's amazing. He's out there doing burpees with the guys. Oh, wow. He's biting off kneecaps and burping. Team guy. Leader. Yeah, he rocks. I like it. <laughs> oh, he's a leader. Are you going to do some burpees? Okay, RC. I, I think he's actually shortening careers right there. Some of those vets are really yeah, upset maybe. about those up-downs. Definitely Wait. shortening careers. Did you? Let's get the burpees, Laura. You're telling me to do a burpee? <laughs> get, get the burpees. I don't even know where to Come start. Come on, be now. a leader. Uh -oh. <laughs> I'm down. Go I can't. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how to do one.